Coach Ferb's out here with the, uh, this is our episode five of the Real Ballers Show podcast, and I'm real excited about this one. This is the first ever collaboration podcast, a joint podcast with Empire Sports Alliance, my good, good friend. Uh, my I consider him my family, like my brother, Chris Reyes, um, director, state director for uh, New Jersey for Team USA, NTIS, and also New York City, the five boroughs here. Um, and uh, I'm real excited about this podcast because uh, we're going to talk a lot about the current status of uh, amateur baseball, what we see these days. And um, with that, uh, we're going to give you Chris Race. As you guys may or may not know, Jason Ferber is one of my really good friends. Met him a few years ago uh, back in an event. And ever since that event, we've, uh, we've really grown as a friendship, as business partners, um, and just, you know, just really good brothers, um, so to say. So just really quick, Jay, and, you know, before we get into the interview of you saying what you want to say and what I want to say, I always like to remind the, the listeners and, uh, you know, of what our mission is, if that makes sense, right? Sure. I think it's a very healthy thing to always remind people why we're doing what we're doing. So if this is your first time listening to the ESA report, um, really our mission is to educate young athletes and parents on what we believe is right and wrong in the recruiting world, in the travel sports world, I mean, sports psychology, all that great stuff is, and again, I always say this because this is truly how I feel, it's, a, it's our opinion, if that makes sense, right? Sure. So um, I think, and I'm grateful to have you on the show because I look at you as a person that has uh, a very valuable say in this community, if that makes sense, so... I really appreciate you being here. Thanks, Chris. Um, and before we get going, if you don't mind, Jay, um, tell us a little bit about who you are, okay. what you do, a little bit about your mission, and how it's in line with what we do on educating parents and, and kids on, on this really hard task of recruiting process and all that great stuff. Well, I, I uh, you know, thanks for having me on, Chris. It's a real honor to be here. Um, and when you were talking about right or wrong uh, on th do's or don'ts, um, things to be aware of and, and things like that with the recruitment process, I just look at it as, as what's worked for my guys and what hasn't worked for my guys. There are certain things that we've done um, regarding the recruitment process, things that have worked and things that clearly did not work. Um, and that's pretty much where I fit in the most, I think, right now in the recruitment process. I just took about 27 different athletes through the recruitment process. Um, they, every one of them ended up getting athletic money to, uh, to uh, play baseball for, for um, some of the top Division I programs in the country. Um, there was a wide variety. We had academic guys that, mm -hmm. that went to high academic, you know, prestigious, prestigious academic institutions. We have guys in the ACC, the SEC, the Patriot League, uh, the Big East, the Big Ten, the Big 12. There's just, uh, you know, a variety of different levels. Right. And so um, that's where when, when, when you and I met, and I think we started to team up and see where can we start working together um, on different things. And I think that's one of the big key points for today is that working together, finding people that you can work with, because I, be, to be honest with you, it's been difficult mm -hmm. for me anyway, to find people in this business that I can work with consistently. Not, hey, I can show up and do an event, you can take the 60 times or you can promote the event and then... No, create real culture change. Create culture yeah. change. Figure out ways of, of, of doing things together. Because ultimately, I would... And I'm sorry for cutting no, you no, off, no, but go. ultimately, I think we got attracted to each other. Um, and I, I think every one of my relationships in my life is because we think alike. Right. If that makes sense, right? And uh, I have to say, I got attracted to you because of the energy you bring, your knowledge, yeah. how you treat people. Um, so with that being said... Why do people get attracted to you, right? Why, why did the uh, the Bobby Waylands get attracted to you? Why did Jordan Ukavich get attracted? Who is Jason Ferber? Who is this person that people are kind of like, you know, what does he do? What is he doing differently? What 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 is your um, what is your why in what you're doing that's attractive? Well, I I think my why is a lot of a lot of coaches coach for different reasons, and they they're involved in this whole situation. Some like to educate, some like you know, to make hitters better. You know, right. some guys like to, to, to have pitchers throw harder. Um, some guys like to be field coaches. And, you know, 
to be honest, I like a little of all of that stuff. Right. Um, and and I but but that's not really why I do what I do. I really, really dig on the relationship aspect of coaching and also instilling a feeling more, a feeling of joy, a feeling of 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 there's nowhere else I would rather be than be involved in some type of baseball setting. Right. Seeing a kid, you know, hit a walk off or, or or just seeing a kid get out of a slump or trying to trying to, you know, show some show I guess how how grateful I am for what the game did to me because right. I grew up without a lot of money. Right. So so you know the game itself gave me a feeling of I felt good about myself. It was an out. It was an out for me. It was an out. Um if you can, you know, for people that don't know Coach Ferber and you know, obviously he told you a little bit about what he does. Can you tell us where you're from? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit of the, you know, take a minute, t- tell us a little bit about your background mm-hmm. um, in baseball, in life, uh, anything, you know, really that comes to mind. So people kind of connect a little bit. For sure. Well, I mean, you know, I was born in uh, in Coney Island in, in Brooklyn, New York um, in 1977. And, um, you know, I, I think... During that time, it was a lot of police corruption and um, a lot of drugs in the neighborhood that I grew up in. Uh, I went to a public school. Uh, my parents were on welfare, didn't have money, um, you know, and 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 didn't have a lot of really big dreams or hopes or aspirations as a as a young kid. I was just content with, uh, you know, really just trying to find something that made me feel good about myself, and that was baseball. What baseball, baseball did for me was it made me feel like the money didn't have it didn't money always affected everything else I did. I couldn't right. go here because I didn't have money. I couldn't eat out over here like this kid. I didn't have nice clothes. My family didn't have a car. You know, all this other stuff that makes you feel bad about yourself. Well, because baseball money, did the opposite. Yeah, baseball did the opposite. That's, that's it, awesome. it took it took money out of the equation. And bro, if we I, if we stop the podcast right now, that what you just said would make such a huge impact in so many kids' lives because what baseball did to you was a form of therapy. Yeah. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I think that's so healthy when when a coach, and I think that's why you get so much success, because you're taking that same philosophy, like you stated a second ago, and taking it and saying, I want to give the same feeling I got of away, like right. getting away. Just, to, you know, kids go through the same things you go through in a different realm, right? Some parents may not be able to pay a bill. They're stressed out about a school project whatever they use baseball as their therapy it needs it needs to be and the reason why also is that if it wouldn't have been baseball something that would have given me if other kids in my neighborhood let's say if money was the issue what's the first thing you turn to if okay i have my family has no money money makes me feel good i'm gonna go sell drugs right right and and it could have easily been that for me and if you I came from ju- a place that that's that's very reality true. that's very reality or yeah. well, that's what's what you see around you right here is what in the early '80s? What you see is guys spray painting graffiti on trains. Some guys freestyle rapping on the street. Other guys selling drugs. Then they got the basketball players and and ballers and whatever athletes they're out there. Mm-hmm. You pick. Right. You choose where you want to hang out. You know what I mean? Nobody's nobody's putting a gun to your head and right. saying anything. Nobody's forcing you to get. In yeah, the I gang. want everyone to understand. Like back in New York City, um, if you're not from New York City and don't understand that, there there weren't lessons. No, there weren't. Uh, you, you know, there weren't travel ball programs setting up these elaborate tournaments and camps. Zero structure. Zero structure. You had Zero. to figure, and we're going to get a little bit deeper into that, obviously, sure. as the podcast goes on. But I think that's very important that people understand where you came from. Um, I think it'll clarify who, th- how do I put it? It'll clarify what they think the Coach Ferber brand is. Does that make sense? Sure. And I appreciate that because I... I if I if I can, you know, for me, I've worked with a lot of guys that we, you know, you know all the guys, you know all the yeah. same guys. These guys are going to get drafted this year. Mm-hmm. Multiple of the guys, you know, that that played for me over the last four years are going to get drafted. They're all, they're all committed to, to colleges. But that was, it was great to see them get that, that, that earn that scholarship or, or, you know, get that area code invite or get that Team USA invite or get the East Coast Pro invite. Those are all great things. I love to see them win their districts and their regionals and maybe state. But seeing them, you know, actually feel like, you know, this, they, they have purpose mm-hmm. was way more like understand like this is who I am. I'm a baseball player. 
right. know what I mean? And I really am. And and this is how I apply baseball and how I approach the game. You know, on on Instagram, the guys that I highlight, it's not just highlighting players. I hi- I like to highlight players that do everything right, the way they approach life. Not just the way that, yeah, oh, the get- guy has a, has a 95 mile an hour exit speed and he throws a ball 90 miles an hour. That's great physical tools. God bless you. You were blessed with some genetic gifts. Not everybody was 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 blessed with. But the bottom line is, are you a good person? Do you respect your parents? Will you hold a, a door open for an well, that's old lady? Ex- that's exactly what I wanted to kind of go down the road of a little bit, and that'll kind of segue us into the, to the next thing. You're obviously an Instagram influencer, right, in the, in the baseball world. You may know that, may not know it, may like it, may dislike it. It doesn't matter, right? Um, so y- years ago, you started this whole highlight. What would you call it? Mixtapes. Mixtapes, right? <laughs> you know, which is, which is pretty interesting because I love it. But what you do is very interesting. You don't only just put them, their physical attributes, right? You say things like... Um, you know, Joe Smith, for example, does really well in school. He's National Honor Society. Uh, he he volunteers at his church down the block from his house. Like, I think that's extremely important that people understand the behind-the-scenes reason on why you do that. Well, because a ranking of a ranking a player is, is to me is is it's not pointless. I don't want to say it's pointless. It's only pointless when you don't know when you're when the person that's getting ranked. Or is looking for the for their name on a rankings, has no idea who's ranking them. Right. You don't even know the. You're person. going purely off of physical. You're going purely off of physical. And we all know that the game is way more than that, especially baseball. For sure, but it's just it's just for me like waiting for some guy that I've never met before in my life to tell me how good I am is right. just it makes no sense to me. I agree. You know, I, I think I think that um, you know, it's important. I, I, there, it's important to put a face and to a name. And, right. and because so often it's just a number. How hard do you throw? Um, how fast do you run? Great. Yeah, but it, you can do all that. You can do it on, on, at the real ballers. We have grade point GPA requirements, just like college. That's great. We do. And I don't know how many travel programs do it. I'm sure a few do. I think it's a good idea. I think just it's because, huge, man. I, I, I think it's a good idea because it, you're, you're, you're not just saying just because you can throw hard, you can come play here. You can. If you don't have a GPA, you're not playing. You're not right. because there's nothing I can do for you if, if, you, if you don't apply yourself in school. Right. If you want to go down the path of I'm just going to go be one of the 1,500 guys that get drafted, mm-hmm. like you can do that. I'm right. not saying you can't. It's just that I'm not interested. I'm interested in doing a little more than that with, with, with young guys with developing personalities and things like that. So, well, I think your I think your your deeper deeper purpose is more than just having a good baseball team. I think this is where we connect because most of the kids that I train, if not all of them, the purpose is to create leaders that go out and do good things in their community. Why do you think you've trained all my catchers over the past five years? Right. You know, it's crazy. Let's just real quick. I just want to touch on that because the relationship aspect that you and I have about how we see the game and how we view it. I think could help a ton of coaches because I, I feel like a lot of guys can't get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. They're so set and stuck in, if it's my guy, if I met the kid and he played a game for me, now it's my player. He's not your player. Right. He's a human being that has options and he can do whatever he wants to do. Right. I know my limitations, right? And I think that's one of the things that can, that as coaches, I, I see coaches out there that they're pitching coaches, hitting coaches, Catching coaches, field coaches, that mm-hmm. infield coaches. I mean, how are you? How they're asked to come? You, you can only coach a certain level of player. I mean, to maybe 11, 10 or eleven years old, where you're just teaching the basic, basic fundamentals of those different areas. Such a great point, we, right? And 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 when I saw you we work talked with about catchers with catcher metrics, right? And with catcher metrics, and, and what what I what I did was had a certain level of trust and said, I'm going to trust that because I don't know enough about catching at a high level. I know the basics. I don't know how to, you know, set up a target perfectly, how to, how to receive pitches, you know, how to uh, communicate with a pitching staff. I never mm-hmm. did that. I was a third baseman. Right. So for me to go, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to communicate with a pitching staff. It, it's, it's, it's just, get, I'm just guessing, guessing at that point. When I find out what limitations I have and go, okay, I can get to you. Similar as to say, if, if, if I don't have connections with certain college programs, right. and this is a huge thing I deal with. Other, a lot of other programs will look at you like you're stealing their player. 
No, it's not stealing. You're trying to present opportunities that the other guy doesn't have. Right. I don't have catching knowledge, so I give my catchers to you to train and develop. If you don't have a certain college, a certain Division One right. program in somewhere that you don't have a relationship with, you say, hey, Jay, could you, is there any way you could you could reach out and, and, and connect to them? We, I got a guy here. Absolutely. And I go, okay, cool. That's working together. Not right. going, well, if you go over there and play for him, you're never going to play here again. You're never going to see a, you know, you're never going to see an inning on the field. And I'm going to tell your high school coach, threatening kids right. because they want to go play at some other at right. some other program for a week when you're off. Right. Come on. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I agree, man. I agree. And I think that it's been saturated with that philosophy, the negative parts of what you just talked about. Right. I, think, uh, I think a lot of parts of the country do it great, but I think there's a lot of coaches around this area. Um, some of my friends, some aren't, and I'm sure we've done it in the past, that have that that culture uh, instilled. Why do you think that is? It's a good question. Um, I can only talk from experience, and I know when I was a, when I was initially uh, a young coach coaching Division One baseball, it was like you said, "That's my guy." My guy. I put all my work into that. That's my guy, right? You know another thing. In essence, it's it's not it's not it's not my guy, yeah. and it was derived from money. It was money. It was one hundred percent derived. I'm, I'm sure it's all humans, and I'm being honest right now. We all go through that. Right. When I changed my purpose to creating leaders, I knew I was creating real change. And when you create leaders, uh, in in my opinion, um, it allows your it it allows your realm to change. If that makes sense, makes a lot of sense. Well. When, when, I, when I hear that, and one of the reasons, another reason why, you don't find a lot of guys that their main focus is not money. Mm-hmm. When I find a guy that their main focus isn't money like yourself, I really try to latch on and go, okay, right. here we go, because this is different. Why do guys, they, they'll say, people will go, hey, I do this to build character and, and, mm-hmm. and build better people, but the perfect, the perfect connection with this and, and, and the parallel to it like you training the catchers, all the catchers that I've had that you've trained, Alex Bauman going to Bucknell, Justin Vogt, Mary, he's at Maryland now, Jordan right. Ukevich is of the world. Right. All these guys that are that are phenomenal, 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 talented ball players. If I was doing it, if, if I'm doing it for money, which a lot of people are, I go, I can't let anyone else train these guys. Then they're going to get the video highlights. Right. They'll get credit for it. Plus, they're going to get the money from the lessons. Every single lesson, you're going to get money. I these be, are thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. No, well, okay. I want to be. Is. I want to be very clear so the audience that's listening understands this. Like we both I, train people off the field for money. Right. Why we, would somebody ever give somebody else? Go. So yeah, let me let me let me elaborate a little bit because this is something that that I have to explain to people a lot, and I think I'm sure you do too. We do make money from this, okay? And I want to be very loud and clear is that we've done events where we've made money. There are events that we don't make any money Zero. from. Either way, and I want to make, be very cloud, uh, clear with this, either way we keep moving forward. And the players, either way, always... The reason a lot of times we don't make money from those events is because all the money that is actually given towards the event from the players of the families goes right back into the event for food for the players, right. uh, for, for the facility, for different guests to come in and right. actually give. So you're keeping the focus completely on the player no matter what. And you obviously have to make sure that people have to live. If you want right. to continue doing podcasts and giving information, right. you have to actually right. run a business at the same right. time. But the main focal point of the business usually is money where ours is not it's it's right. it's, it's, it's value it's just creating value it's creating value right that's why you know with this podcast there's many people that charge for their podcast this is free information take it like it or not it's free you can listen you can share with your family your kid your coaches it's free it's free you know and, and i'm gonna c- always keep it that way because there's gonna come a time where you know our podcasts are, are pretty well known and I don't want to change that. I want the kid in, in downtown Brooklyn that can't afford an, uh, a lesson with somebody, an expert, to come on here and be like, you know, what did Coach Reyes and Coach, and Coach Ferber say? That's a free lesson. Well, free, You know what I mean? When, when people, people, they put so much uh, emphasis on, they want to put a dollar on every single piece of information. Everybody wants to package up all their knowledge and information, wrap it up and put a bow on it and sell it to somebody. Put a val- put a price on it and put it out on the market and see if people will grab it. Right. The problem with doing that 
is that, first of all, you're living at a scarcity. And I talk about fear, that a lot. Fear-based. Fear-based thing is that, yep. you know, and rather than living out of abundance, you and I live out of abundance. What is living out of abundance? It means that I will keep on giving you as much information as I have freely. I'll just keep on letting it flow. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I'm not worried about running out of it. It's the guy. The, right. You see all these people, they don't want to put a drill on the internet because, hey, this guy stole my drill. Right. He's going to steal my drill and he's going to sell it. He's going to take credit for my drill. Right. What are you talking about? A drill is a drill. If you put it on the internet, people are, it's there for people to look at. And use. Right. Just because some guy's now using it with his player, but he didn't say, I, where you know for a fact, you know how many hundreds of drills that I've messed around with guys that do people have stolen from us and we've stolen from people. Of it's, course. That's, that's the that's nature it of it. What it, it, it is. Every, right. every drill is a variation of another drill. Correct. Unless you're, that's you're what keeps the culture Cobb moving or somebody from 1920. You're, you're, Dude, you're, but I'm sure the they drills, were doing, I'm sure they were doing it back then. Too. Same thing. It's, you know? That's why baseball is such a great, you know, all sports are such a great thing for humans because it teaches disciplines, it teaches creativity, and it really teaches cultural change, right. if you think about it, right? Um, yeah, so, I mean, we could talk about that until tomorrow night, right? Right. You know, and we can probably sit around a room with parents, and they can chime in, and you could sit down with your pastor, and he can chime in, and you could sit down with your, your mom and dad, and they can chime in. I think we made our point. I think we can move on and, sure. and kind of talk about some other stuff. I want to congratulate you. Um, people don't know or... Haven't heard because he's you know not really big about it, but Mr. Ferber is 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 currently a, just received uh, a, a new job title with the San Diego Padres. Oh yeah, that's right. He's associate a scout uh, associate them. scout in mm -hmm. the New York City area, if, if I'm correct. Absolutely, and and I'm I'm real grateful about that. And and you know that that's another job, not a lot of money. I think you get paid like. I don't know, five hundred bucks if a guy that you locate gets drafted or something like that. So it's not, it's <laughs> in not quarters real, they pay you. Yeah, in yeah, in, in pocket <laughs> change, singles they pay you. So 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 for me, it wasn't so much about. Again, it's not about money. It's about when you connect yourself to a, a major league baseball franchise. And and here's the bottom line: is we were already doing that job. Right, I was just about to say that we were already doing that job for like five years because we do the evolution events where right. we bring. All the top D1 committed guys from the whole Northeast, and some guys even from Virginia, North Carolina right. guys come up, and um, and scouts come come at come down and watch them um, in a showcase in a in a in a kind of a workout setting. Right. So we were already providing all these athletes and all these looks to multiple scouts. I remember um, last year we had the Rangers, the Brewers, uh, the Padres, the Mets. Um, what, what a couple of our guys got drafted out of that event that that weren't. Um, you know, guys that were going to the typical perfect game and right. Under Armour and Area Code events. So it was good to it was good to locate. And and I think when the scouts saw that we were locating guys that they really didn't have an eye on, and that they they saw like, wow, there's some value. These guys actually know what they're looking at. So I, I thought it would be wise, especially for my young guys now, because I always had a really strong connection. Um, over the past five years, I built about. 100 over 100 really strong contacts and connections personal relationships right. with college coach with college programs meaning not just i can send you a video mm -hmm. but i talk to you about who i know who their families are right. how many kids they have you know they tell me about you got like, nicknames for them nicknames for them they'll say the same <laughs> way they they invite they invite uh, tell me a few nicknames of of college coaches you well, got uh well, you got at, Boston College at Boston What's College uh, well Alex Trezza that's Capo Trez and um, he goes because he's an Italian he's like a, he's like a gangster and and um, John Murphy who was at Army before John Murphy uh, I call him Johnny Knoxville you Johnny Knoxville, Johnny Knoxville yeah. from uh, from what was that what was that show on MTV uh, uh, what was that guys what was that what was that Jackass, Jackass, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. The guy that does all the crazy pranks on TV. Jackass, well, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to do that with those guys. But That's yeah, fun. going back to the, going but back listen, to the you point. Listen, you can't if you don't have a, a an in depth, intimate uh, relationship with those guys. Some of them are hard to deal with. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, you have to have a good relationship with them to give them a, a nickname like. Um, a mafia guy from yeah. 1960. That's hysterical. I was just Pitt, I was just at University of Pitt with right. with Jerry Oaks. Yeah. Uh, Two days ago, I had to sit down with, and Mike Bell was at Florida State. He came, he came, uh, he just made the switch. Right. Um, and um, got promoted to the head coach over there at Pitt. And uh, I, I called Jerry Oaks. He's the pride of North Philly. The pride of North Philly. <laughs> love that, it. Guy, that guy's a beast, man, Jerry Oaks. Uh, I shout love out that. to Jerry Oaks at Pitt. But it's great because. What's, what's my nickname? Spanish Reyes. 
Why? Spanish because you're Spanish about the movement, the movements that you that you create on a baseball field of Spanish, <laughs> the high level Spanish movements. I appreciate. You can't that. teach those movements. I appreciate that. That's that's culture right there. That's deep ingrained <laughs> Puerto Rican Hispanic culture right there, exactly. baby. <laughs> um, another thing I want to give you a shout out to, and um, you just created your own travel program. Mm-hmm. Um, you used to be with US Elite. You yep. left US Elite uh, to start your own program, Real Ballers. Yep. Um, tell us about that. Well, um, I there was there, I'm grateful for the for my experience that I've had in in in, in that program. The uh, I just I feel like I have a better way of doing it. Um, right. I feel like I have a, a better way of connecting with um, with players and parents. I feel like I have a better way to treat people. Right. I feel like I'm more honest. Uh, I can be more honest in my approach to dealing with with. Well, with it's athletes. your it's yours now. Yeah, because you know, bottom line, and that, is, and that I mean, comes with nature. Yeah, and, and you don't you don't ever want to talk negative about anybody else because I don't think that serves any purpose. I agree. Talking negative about anybody else. Um, but what I would say is is that whenever you work for another company, another entity, your suggestions are just that. They're just yeah. suggestions, and 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 yeah, so at the end of the day, if you don't own the business, you're not, you're not making. You're not a final, decision maker, right? You're not a decision maker. So oh, you, when you keep on offering suggestions on how to evaluate talent, um, how to structure actual, you know, what events that are important and right. what aren't, um, what's important for the program uh, and what's not, right? You know, uh, what are rules that are that are silly rules and what are rules that are valid rules? Right. I mean, uh, treating people is it is it fear-based stuff where you're saying if you don't do this then you're not going to get a scholarship right. or are you actually trying to build a relationship with someone i actually like knowing the people's names like the parents names in, right. in my organization when it gets to a and, point I, and I think i think that's why it's such an important thing that you have your own thing yeah and the reason why i say that is because <clears throat> excuse me the reason why i say that is because your philosophy is very unique right so and I w- I've been through the same stuff. Right. And I think when you have a high calling on your life, maybe from God or whatever you believe in, um, it's going to stand out. It's going to look el- elaborate. It's going to look uh, unconventional, if that makes sense. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. You know? Thank you, Chris. Um, and the reason why I say I'm proud of you is because I know how hard it is to start. <laughs> Forget about business. Because, right. yeah, it's a business. But it's also, what are you creating? A culture, right? Mm-hmm. And I think people want your culture. And, well, I, and a, I think you're on the right track. Well, you know what's crazy? I get a lot of I get a lot of love from the players. Um, I get love from some coaches. I think sure. I, I get a love from, but but typically most of the a lot of the the, the negative stuff that I would say that I, I would receive uh, feedback from people is typically from coaches, other coaches that I think they they don't like the way that I approach coaching. Right. You know what I mean? Where it's where it's it's more of a friendship than it is an authority figure. Um, I, 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 now it's not just all fun and games for me when, if my guys don't run a hard 90 down the line, when they roll over to the shortstop, they're coming out of the game, just like any other yeah, authority figure would do. But, but, for the, but for the listeners, I think they need to be very clear. And I, I came to help you out coach first base a few weeks ago. You guys were getting your head beating pretty good by some team. I don't remember yeah. what it was. And your team just, you know, went lockdown. They went quiet. Yep. So it was pretty interesting what you did because this is something my dad would have done. Called timeout in the middle of the game, or I think it was before the first pitch of the inning, and you walked over to your dugout and it addressed it. Where it would be like, especially when you're starting a new program or a new business, oh my goodness, I got to make sure my my brand is right. You're more concerned with the kid's well-being than you are about your brand. Right. And that's that's healthy. Yeah. I'm the same way. And I got to give you credit for that because it takes a big set of, and you guys can fill in the blanks, to do that. Right. You know, because you do have paying customers. You do have people scrutinizing you and what you do and how you do it. So I think that's such a great thing, man. I think it's a positive thing. I really do. Well, I just don't want to – I want to get to – I want to get to a point where too often I see a lot of coaches that, that – they're. it looks like they're coaching personalities out of players. It looks like they're, they're – instead of trying to get the most out of a personality, they're trying to coach the personality out of them and change the actual – personality to make them look like what they want yeah change the not style reco- not recognizing that every human is unique absolutely and they're not gonna one kid's gonna be on the fence like a maniac the other kid's gonna sit down because that's his personality right that's life you understand what i mean 
Yeah, I think a lot of the personalities, the people people tend to um, complete, completely dismiss it because they're so focused on the physical tools. Yeah. How hard does he throw? How fast does he run? Uh, can he hit for power? What are, you know, can, and, and, and what happens is you... You get blinded. You, you get blinded and you can't, you miss the fact of how can I get the most out of this one guy is by really getting tuned into his personality. Right. Can I, the same guy, I could, I, there's, there's You're kids. You're creating relationships, dude. Sure, but there's, you know? there's two kids that I would say, they're both Division One committed athletes to ACC programs. Mm -hmm. One guy, I know that if I need to blow him up for doing something crazy on a field or something like that, or, or, can. or I can blow him up and, and he'll get locked in and be like, you know what, coach, my bad, and that won't happen again. Mm -hmm. Another guy, if I did the same exact, if I took the same exact approach with him, he you'd would he would him. he would just put his head down and be like you know what I'm 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 I'm, I'm I don't want to play today you know right. like that type of thing because and and some coaches could care less about what the reaction of the player is they don't they just want to get their point across hey check it out this is my time now you've been on your time you were at school you were at home you were doing your thing with your friends now you're on my baseball field right. so now guess what it's my turn to tell you what to do that's why I'm out here right and 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 you just yeah, it's for me. Maybe that worked for some guys. That does that never worked for me. Like I've actually tried to run everything with an iron fist and be like, "You do it my way." No, that doesn't this work is how anymore. you go work off the tee, and this is how you shag over here, and this is how you do it over here. And it's like doesn't work anymore. No, to me no. That, that that that's old. That's 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 coaching like it's nineteen twenty five. Yep. Hey, listen, guys, we're gonna take a break. Um, take a breather, grab a drink, whatever we got to do. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about our experience at spring training. Um, okay. We'll take a two-minute break. Uh, me and Jay, we, we took a trip down to uh, Clearwater, Florida. Yeah. Had a great time. We saw some of our kids that we trained, yeah. some of our buddies, um, and we'll tell you about it when we come back. Welcome back, everyone. This is Chris Reyes with the ESA Report. I'm um, sitting here with my good friend, Jason Ferber, also known as the Crispy King. My guy. My guy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome here, brother. I appreciate you coming down, man. Uh, for, the, for the listeners that just joined us, uh, Coach Ferber is, I'd have to say, probably the biggest baseball influencer on social media. Um, he's had guys, you know, in the major leagues, all the way down to little league, but his his way of going about things is is definitely changing the culture of of social media and just baseball in general. Um, and and I think that really plays true. Um, and we'll get into it a little bit of when we went to the spring training. Okay, we we took a flight down to Clearwater, stood there for about five or six days, had an awesome time. And the first thing that we did going back to our whole relationships is I don't know if you remember this, but we had dinner with six or seven of the kids that, you know, that we train. I say kids, they're men, yeah. but we're, we're getting old now. So, right. uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that dinner. That was hysterical. Um, and tell us, you know, why we went down there, why you went down there, and I'll kind of chime in a little bit. But just, you know, really tell, tell the listeners how much fun it was, to be honest with you. Well, you know, we, some of the pro guys that come in um, over the winter that train, that hit and train with us um, – one is Josh Palacios, he's from Brooklyn over here, and uh, his younger brother, Richie. And it started with those guys that, that um, you know, it's, it's funny because a lot of the pro guys, they, don't, they won't hit with you until another pro guy hits with you. Right. One, the first time, when, as soon as another pro sees one pro hit, then all the, 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 the calls start coming in going, hey, man, let's go, let's go hit. You know, it's this interesting. Because yeah. It is. They're, they trust. they're protecting their gift. Absolutely. And, and, I, they, and I agree with them. They I don't completely want, yeah, agree. Because if you just go to a random guy that just has some random philosophy about right. some random thing, listen, it's all, good, it's all well and good if um, you know, his philosophy works, but if it doesn't and you bat 180 one year, one mm -hmm. time, Here's your pink you may, slip. You may not have a job, right? Yeah, and so the, it's a little more than just, hey, I have an idea of how to swing a baseball right. bat, and it might work and it might not. But let let me let. Why don't you be an experiment lab rat for me and see if my my theory works? <laughs> right. How about not? How about I That's just scary? Right. Yeah. How about I just I just went from, um, uh, you know, all state high school, uh, you know, top hundred ranked kid in the country. 
to uh, a JUCO like like Josh did and 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 got drafted in the eighth round. Say I, you know, he got drafted. I think in the thirteenth round out of high school, something like that. He didn't didn't take the money. Said he was better than that. Then we went to a JUCO in Florida, drafted him in the eighth round. Said nope, still better than that. Transferred to Auburn, mm -hmm. right? Tore up the SEC for a year over there, um, and then they uh, they offered him in the fourth round. Fourth round That's after awesome. he tore up the SEC and proved that he could hit at that level. And the Blue Jays drafted him, and so he's uh, he's been moving up, um, you know, pretty steadily. Now he's in Double A um, with the Blue Jays. Um, he, I so we saw him. He was in some big league games. This, yeah, uh, we were this down spring. there. He got to play in the spring. Yeah, and it was it was it was crazy because that first dinner. So we basically got all of our guys that we got Logan O'Happy. We had uh, Chavez Young from the Bahamas. That was um, awesome. What a good kid. Yeah, all th those guys all came through. Um, and uh, tell we, them the setting though. Like we're sitting in the Cuban restaurant. Yeah. Right. Good. It was a Cuban restaurant. We had uh, who else? Who else was down there? We had like the kid. Um, Oh, who's the pitcher? Who was the pitcher that was there? There was two pitchers, weren't there? The white kid from Brooklyn, right? Yeah, the white kid from Brooklyn. What was his name? Do you remember? Oh uh, shoot, that was I know that kid. I forget name. his name. He went to like Xavier High School, something like that. He was he was uh, whose friend was he? Was he Josh's friend? He Josh, he's a Blue right. Jay. He's a pitcher for Blue Jays. Good he's, kid. I think he just got drafted out of high school. Yeah, good um, kid. And uh, we were just sitting there. We we, we and I got to give I got to give credit to these kids because you know a lot of them are sitting on a few hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Um, they're all good looking guys, you know, six foot two. They don't, let's put it this way. They don't have a problem attracting women. Right. Um, and they were focused enough and locked in enough to go out to dinner with us four or five nights out of the, you know, the six nights we were there, you yeah. know, and I got to give credit to one of my guys, Logan O'Hoppy, who just got drafted by the Phillies. Phillies, you got to steal with him. You got him in the 22nd round and I'm going to be dead honest with you. He's a first-round material type kid. He's going to play in the major leagues one day. And Phillies, you got to steal. But, uh, you know, these kids sat down like gentlemen. Didn't, you know, didn't flaunt the money they have in the bank. Didn't act like idiots. Sat down with us like gentlemen. Mm -hmm. And we had, a, we had an awesome time. We sat in there joking around, laughing for four or five hours. And it was, it was a great time. Well, some of these guys, I think a lot of the, 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 the some people's view or perception of what pro guys do is, is a lot different than what they do. I it think is. people go, oh, um, why'd this guy take the, take the signing? Why did he get drafted? Why'd he go and, and sign instead of go to college? Well, you can look at it two ways. One mm -hmm. would be, again, if we're going back to personality, what goes on in college? Um, drinking, partying, uh, there's a lot of variables that can happen. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go to college. That might not be a good route for you. But if you say, my purpose on this earth is to be a baseball player, that's what I'm here for. That's, the, that's why I exist. And somebody offers you to play your sport at the highest possible level, that is your dream your whole life, um, some guys will go, again, we're saying money doesn't matter. Well, you could look at it two ways. Money does matter to a certain degree based on do, do, how how much leeway will you have if you fail? How much trust would that organization put in you? Um, I know a kid, Jack Herman, uh, last year, a lot of people probably told him, remember Jack Herman? He yeah. came to Evolution? Yeah. He was committed to the University of Maryland. A lot of people, he got drafted late. $50,000. 50 grand. Everybody said, what are you, crazy? You got to go to school. No, oh, I'm not going to school. I'm right. going to sign. What did he do? He went in there like a, an absolute savage um, won a batting title, all-star. Really? Yeah, now he's now oh, he's a that. legit prospect in the organization. And, and, and he's got a four-year head start. A four-year head start yeah. on everybody. Yeah. Now, if, if, yeah, if when because you speak... he said, because he said, I don't care about the money. Right. I will tell you another thing. But that, that, may, that let's be clear, that may not work for everybody. That works for Jack, It won't work for right? everybody, but I'll tell it you. It worked for Logan, too. Right. It worked for Logan, too. But, but like we were talking about, now that I'm, I'm scouting for the Padres and have that position, you understand that the, the, the CEO of the Padres, the guy, started as an intern right. at the Padres. He wasn't some guy that came from one to the other. He basically said, I don't cool. care about the money. I'm That's going to sit cool. here and sweat and work in the front office as an intern. And now he's running the entire front office. So sometimes it's not about money. But anyway, when we were down there, um, you notice that... There's not partying that's going on. These guys are super focused. No, they're locked in. They're locked in. They're, that's, that's heavy lifting in the morning or, 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 or that's together. They don't group. even have time to party. No, eating breakfast together, BP. It's eight hours a day baseball. Ground balls, this, uh, you know, taking fielding, ground balls, going back, eating more food with the guys. Like You know what I love about that, to be honest with you? Mm -hmm. and, and obviously, I never played pro ball. I never went to spring training. It was the first time I've ever been in that setting. Yeah. I understand why now. Certain ones of my friends or kids that got released got released. Sure. And 
It's the survival of the fittest. Yep. It most definitely is. And I think it's it's designed like that to make sure the weak get filtered out. Yep. If that makes sense. It's constant grind. Constant. Six, seven days a week. They're locked in from, they get up at 6.30 in the morning. They don't get home. You know, we would go out to dinner with them at what time? It's like 10 o'clock, right? Yep. And they would eat and then go, and when most people would go, hey, what are we doing after dinner? <laughs> what are you talking about, we? What do you got, a mouse, <laughs> what do you got, a mouse in your pocket? <laughs> we? <laughs> I'm going home to go to sleep because I'm going to keep my job tomorrow. Exactly. I got a game, I got a triple A game where a guy's going to be throwing 98 from the left side. So right. I think I'm going to go home. You can go do whatever you want. You're Absolutely. not playing anymore. You know, that's the type of focus that it really takes of, 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 of guys doing it. And then you said it weeds out. The, the, the guys that can't do it. And in college, you get a lot more leeway. I mean, mm -hmm. what are you doing in college? You're going to practice first and third place for four hours. You're going to practice bunting. You're going to practice delayed steals. And it's a, it's, it's a they don't do that. It's different a different realm. realm. Yeah. Now, it will, I will say, college gives guys a chance to mature mentally and physically, right? And, and, and understand a little bit more about, um, you know, the game itself. If they're not really... Uh, guys that have been, if they were just really showcased, toolsed out guys right. in high school, but nobody ever took the time to really show them how to play. I've seen college, and I'm sorry for cutting yeah, you off. No, I've, no. I've seen college makes make kids worse. I have absolutely, sense. it can make kids worse because they fall into that trap. So if you're a parent and your kid is, and this is why that we do this podcast, if your kid is on the 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 brink of getting drafted or not getting drafted. And you know your kid has a tendency to kind of fall into those traps. Maybe taking the signing bonus for thirty thousand dollars is smart because it's going to put your kid in a more uh, disciplined world, if that makes sense, right? People instead pe of putting him in a place where you know he's going to fail for four years, and then three or four years down the road, he does not have even a chance to get drafted because he's gained forty pounds. He, you know, he's fallen into traps, chasing girls, drinking every night. Could be a dangerous thing. The, a lot of people that listen to this podcast, they'll, they'll they'll pick out that one thing that Chris just said and said, "What sign for thirty grand? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard." These guys don't know what they're talking about, but in reality, it's a personality thing. It's individualized. Right. It's so individualized. Correct. Why he said it may be smart for some guys is because if you sign for for a there's small, no cookie cutter. If you, just look at the stats, look at the guys that turn down top ten round money, right? Out of high school, look at look at the stats and see who actually lost money, who actually even got drafted and got got uh, got offered, you know, got actually went to go sign after that, and went as a junior or as a senior. Typically, here's how it goes: if you get if you get drafted and somebody gives you three hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand for some reason, three hundred thousand dollars is considered like a small amount of money now. I don't get that. <laughs> I don't understand that. Hey, listen, guys, you got 300k for me right now. I'll gladly take it from you. Parents go, 300 grand. Oh no, we're not signing for less than two million. What do you mean? This is real. This Jay, is real life here, guys. Jay, we real, sat, real we life. sat down with Logan, right? He was projected, and I could be wrong here, so don't don't quote me here. But he was projected at top ten rounds last year at this time. Um, whatever the case may be, ended up going in the 23rd round, I believe. Um, everyone thought, even even as you know, from his grandmother to the, the school he was committed to, thought, oh, Logan's going to college. Logan, because he knew he wanted to play pro baseball, and immediately, as fast as he possibly could, took the, took the signing bonus, signed. So for Logan, being the number one catching prospect in the, in the region, uh, committed to a big-time top 10 Division one school, getting drafted in the 22nd round didn't fit his, his, his mold. Right. Is he, he crazy? He's now one of the top catching prospects in the. You were there with him. You we were sitting down with scouts, the GM. They love him to death. Love him. Love him to death. Said so he's going to be in the big leagues in four years, probably. Yep. Three or four years, and 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 that there are so many different things. People just go, oh, you're going to go to college and you're going to get more money. Well, if you, it's not always if, a money if, thing. If you don't get on it's the not field, a money thing. What happens if you go to college and the the coach that you're playing for is a completely different guy? That, then who was the guy that recruited you? Yes. What happens if you have no relationship with him and he just goes, you don't fit in here. You know what? Sit the bench. Because I will tell you, in college, they don't care if you're a third rounder. Could care less if you're projected to go this or that. If you don't they come in and win. you start throwing strikes, you're going to sit down. You're not going to play. If there's so many different things that could happen, you meet a, you meet a girl, you get hurt, you get injured. That, that you're, there's just no guarantees to be able to say, has it worked for some guys? Sure, it's worked for some guys too, but there's, the, for some reason, people like to fish 
for things that support their their theory. I don't like to fish. Right. I like to just take real life personal experience from guys like Josh Palacios, right. from guys like Logan Logan O'Hoppy and guys like Richie Palacios and these guys that come in, Quentin Holmes. Right. You know, some of these guys, you know, Quint, they offer Quentin's an interesting situation, right? Very interesting. Second rounder. Second round when people when people went to go see him, they were they were coaches, oh, he stinks. Yep. He he's not this. He's not that. Can't hit. The kid went in the second round. Yep. How you say that? The hmm? kid went in the second round. Why are we hating on the kid? Doesn't make sense to me. The and I I told this to uh, to Gus Sosa because there's a there's a high possibility he may get drafted this year. Um, Gus is a catcher from Tottenville High School in Staten Island, and I said, Gus, dude, your your path is different than than somebody else's path. I'm not telling you not to listen to people, but pick out what is good in their path. And use it in your path. Because you're Gus. You're Jason, right? I'm Chris. Right. What worked for you may not work for me. You know, and you got to be able to decipher the difference, if that makes sense. You got to really know, you know, a lot of the stuff that we see these days is it, people, we've lost the balance in, in being able to step back and look at things from an individualized standpoint. Everybody wants to cookie cutter something and make a system so that, it just, everybody files in through their system and goes through this funnel and it just ends up doing something. It's just not what happens. You know, you, you, you have to, that's why you see kids OD on certain training systems. You know, they, all they do is just crush the weight room, but they don't take, do enough skill work. Right. Or all they do is hit and they don't, they don't, they don't do any kind of functional range uh, conditioning or movement, right. movement stuff or, or any kind of flexibility stuff. Mm -hmm. There's no balance. Oh, right. I want to get velo. I'm just going to throw driveline balls around for the next six months. Okay, cool. But you're, you're, you're ODing is what mm -hmm. you're doing on one specific thing. You're mm -hmm. not looking at, at it as, a tool in your toolbox. We have, you know, and I say this to people all the time, a chainsaw is a tool. Right. And it can help be helpful. If you have a chainsaw and you need to cut a tree down, it can be helpful. It can also kill you. If right. you don't know how to use it, it can backlash great you, point, cut, man. Your, cut your whole handle. That's a great analogy. I like that. You know? I'm going to use that. I'm gonna yeah, steal. do it. I'm going to steal some of Crispy Ferber wisdom. You could steal it. I'm, I don't know who I stole. I stole that from somebody. <laughs> I don't know why I stole it from somewhere. Somebody, everybody's stealing stuff around here. That's how we do it in New York. Bro, you're from Coney Island. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> Coney Island's best right there, baby. Um, so we're we're gonna start wrapping it up. A few things that I that I usually do with most of my guests. Um, I'm sure you've done something like this on your podcast, being that this is a joint podcast. Um, I like knowing your favorite book, your favorite author, or podcast. So any one of those three, and then your favorite restaurant. So favorite book, favorite author, or or favorite podcast, mm -hmm. and then where you like to eat. In your okay. hometown, my favorite book is called Endurance. It's 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 um, it's about the voyage of Ernest Shackleton. Uh, he was a uh, a guy from England that was a, was a sailor from England that was a captain, and he got stranded. He was it was the book is about he was trying to go walk Antarctica. Mm -hmm. The actual from the landmass of Antarctica on foot. He was going to try to do do the voyage on foot, and he sailed with his guys down there. Ended up hitting an iceberg near there, getting marooned mm -hmm. in Antarctica down there with and and floating around on an iceberg, killing seals. It's all journal like diary. It's crazy, yeah, cannibalist stuff and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. They ended up eat, having the the snow dogs that they had to like lead them through the voyage. They had to like kill those guys and it's eat them. It was a crazy story, but it's a lot of CEOs and different guys read it. It's about leadership. It's about what's books. This like guy, dealing with adversity. This guy, this guy yeah. actually saved a few of his, of, of his crew and brought him back to civilization by, Damn. yeah, like building these little dinghies off the of pieces of the boat. Really crazy stuff that they did. Yeah. Um, so that would be Endurance, uh, the, the Voyage of Ernest Shackleton is, uh, is probably my favorite book. Um, I would, definitely my favorite book. You said Food? I mean, if you have a podcast that you that you sometimes listen to, the podcast that if I listen you don't, then it's whatever I'm, it is. I I haven't listened to uh, a ton of podcasts. I like Robbie Rowe, the guy on Instagram that you see. He's he does he does some pretty cool stuff. He has guests and things like that. Um, uh, ESA is going to be my my next favorite one though. <laughs> I'm going to plug shamelessly plug Chris Ray. It's, a, it's on the come. It's on the come up. Yeah, and 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 uh, you know, I will uh, real ballers. You know, I like listening to my own podcast. <laughs> no, that's, that's crazy, right? So, no, but, but and then also from a food perspective, I would say Peter Luger's is my favorite restaurant. Um, that's the best steakhouse in the world, maybe. Um, 
That place is legit. It's yeah, on. It's, it in, it's in Marcy in Brooklyn. It's a very interesting place. Um, some say it's not the best steak out there. Some, people. but when you walk in there, the you just feel the energy of a hundred years. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's an interesting place. I've had better steak. Yeah. I've haven't I've never had um a better steak experience. Yeah. I don't know if that even makes sense. Well, that's how that's how they that's how they uh do it. I mean, th- those they've been cooking on those grills for like 100 years and and just the people that are in there it's packed. You get 6 months yep. to to get a to get a uh, table. Yep. Really interesting stuff. Um just a few things that I wanted to talk about um before we close out. We we last night we had uh, the New York City Futures All Star Game tryouts. How'd that go good. It was awesome. Yeah, we had about so uh, a couple of kids I know went down there. I gotta say one thing before I go on to the next thing. New New York City's whatever we're doing, whatever you're doing, whatever I'm doing, whatever the guy down in Queens is doing, we're starting to create a culture. And the reason why I say that is because in the past New York City baseball has been so scattered with so many. Uh, so many adults with the wrong mission. The people that are doing the things like Gary Perone and and you know this guy and that guy, we're starting to come together. If that makes sense, and you can see it in the kids, you can see it in the parents. The questions are different now. If that makes sense, going back to a fear-based mindset, the questions aren't even fear-based anymore. If that makes sense, which is shown, which tells me, and I'm sure this makes sense to you, is that. It's headed in the right direction. The leadership, these people that are that are listening to podcasts and 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 trying to educate themselves, they're doing their job. They're doing a great job. So, New York City baseball is definitely on the rise. We had about, I'd say, about thirty-five kids yesterday. Uh, in total, we had about almost eighty kids sign up. Nice. So we still have about forty kids that we're gonna still evaluate in, in July. So if you're a twelve U baseball player or you have a, a a son that's a twelve U baseball player in New York City. Um, our next tryout for the, for the, for the New York city all-star game is July 12th. And it's just a great experience, man. It's, uh, you were there last year, you know, it's, it's, it's a free event. Um, totally free. The t-shirts free. The, the, everything is free. The only thing you have to pay for if you go to the concession stand and get a hot dog. Other than that, everything is free. And, you know, you could see it's starting to turn into, uh, and I was telling this to one of our staff members, it's turning into the, the annual, I got to be at that thing, you know, and I'm glad that's it's turning into that because it's a it's such a positive experience. The whole concept behind it, if, if the listeners don't know, is the last hurrah for the kid, the 12 the U kid that's going onto the big field. So we do it in September, the first week of September. Fall ball usually starts the second week of September. So it's their last chance for some of these kids to hit a home run. You know, some of these kids will never, ever hit a home run ever again in their life. So, um, you know, we, we're putting a lot of effort into this this year. So. It was it was great last night. Um, we've recently uh, through Athlete Wear, and you've probably some of you guys see this on social media. Athlete Wear has been awarding uh, a Staten Island Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like to just kind of address that before we close out. Um, in week one, we had Mike Del Villar from Tottenville High School. He's a he's an outfielder, um, right-handed uh, hitter. Uh, Billy Minette is from is a, is a catcher who's I, I would consider one of the better catchers in the, in the New York City area. Uh, he's at Farrell High School. Um, Frank Cullen is a first baseman from St. Peter's from St. Peter's High School. Uh, probably had the best week out of all the players of the week so far. Just absolutely killed it. If I had his stats, you'd probably be like, "Geez, that's a really good week," you know? Jesus, one of those, Jesus, one of those weeks. Yeah. Uh, next one is uh, Nichol Nevado. He's from Curtis High School. Uh, what a great kid, man. He he's he's obviously from Staten Island and. Again, if I tell you, if I told you his stats this week, it's like it's like video game stats. It was unbelievable. It really was amazing. Uh, Matt Bedford, who's committed to uh, uh, Notre Dame, had an unbelievable week. Uh, Bobby Glenister, who who just recently took over at St. Peter's High School, brings actually just started this thing where he brings his high school team down to Dominican Republic for a spring training. A lot of a lot of teams go to Florida. They go to Myrtle Beach. He stepped out of the box a little bit, and I think it's really cool. He's bringing his team to Dominican Republic. And what he does is he plays versus their high school teams or some of their travel programs, whatever they, whatever they call them. And then at the end, he, he gave them uh, baseballs. He gave them equipment. 
um, because a lot of these kids, they can't, they can barely afford sneakers, you know, so he left there, kind of blessed them with, with some of his blessings, so uh, definitely a great job by St. Peter's. Uh, last week's two player of the weeks were Gus Sosa from Tottenville High School, who's committed to Rutgers, and Tom Metzger, um, who threw a no-hitter versus JFK in the Monroe tournament. Um, I'm not really sure. I think he had 10 or 11 strikeouts. Uh, just dominated the whole day. Gus, again, had video game stats and just had a really good week at the Monroe tournament. Uh, I want to shout out Coach from Coach Mike from, from Monroe High School. Does an amazing job with this tournament. Um, really puts, I mean, he charges the teams like, I think, like 200 bucks for the whole tournament. Um, for a whole week tournament, 200 bucks. Um, you know, it's it's a New York City staple at this point, and he does a phenomenal job. So big, big shout out to the Monroe family over there. Mike, Coach Mike, keep doing your thing. You're doing an awesome job. Um, before we close out, Jay, any any last statements you want to give? Maybe some education to a parent or a coach uh, or a kid that may be going through this process that um, you want to kind of you know you know give them some love with. The last thing I would say about the recruitment process at SC is 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 um, you know, knowing who you are and what where you fit into the whole system, right? Because the recruiting process is a system. Um, it's kind of like one of those things that uh, you can only you can you can be. There's three different things you can do in a baseball setting, right? You can play. You can be a player. You can be an umpire. You can officiate the game, or you can be a spectator. Right. You can coach. Coaching and umpiring is almost the same. You're, sure. you're officiating. You're 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 managing. It's not many realms, right? To to look out of. Or, but 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 you can only do one of those at a time. It's true. You can't do. You can't be. I can't be a spectator and be a player. I can't be a player and be an officiator. I can't be an officiator and a spectator. You can't. Mm-hmm. So so so, I feel like if you really want to, you know, and and this is what we're going back to. If I'm a parent and I'm sitting in the stands. Shouting things that umpires say, then I'm mixing. I'm I'm mixing it up. You're mixing worlds. I'm mixing worlds. Right. I'm mixing worlds. You know, I, and you that's know, where you get conflict. You Would get you conflict agree? because conflict college coaches that worlds. are watching college yep. coaches that are watching what's going on will ask me specifically when I say this is Chris Reyes. He's a catcher, 2019 grad. He's from Staten Island. He's got plus. Uh, he's got a plus arm. He can hit and do all this other stuff. And the guy goes, "Cool. Who's his dad?" And it's interesting, right? Yeah. It's and, awesome. I, and I go, uh, "It's the great guy, information, man." Yeah, it's the guy up there with the with the shorts uh, and the plaid shirt on. You mean the guy that was the guy that's acting all crazy up there? Uh, yeah, that guy. The guy that's saying weird stuff, shouting out, <laughs> weird shout, stuff. shouting out hitting cues from 1972. Uh, stay back, Johnny. Stay back, Spanish Reyes. <laughs> Keep that back elbow up, Spanish Reyes. You can do it. You know what I mean? Like, like, like. And and then the guy, the college guy, looks and he goes, "Man, I love every single thing about this kid, Spanish Reyes, except the fact that his pops is a maniac." Right. You know, and 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 people don't realize. Listen, it. if you're listening to this and your kid is in this realm. If you learn anything from this podcast today, it should be that. I hope. I hope somebody. It should be that. I hope. I hope that that, pe- that people can control, can can understand that you can only control what you can control. You're you you're not gonna will somebody to get a line drive. You're not going something. They that, don't need you, as no, some parents some, say. Some, My kid nothing, needs me. There's nothing no, he does that not. you're going to say. <laughs> I've never seen somebody like the parent in the back of his mind goes, his hitting coach was telling him to stay inside the ball. So I'm just yelling what the hitting coach was saying. But the hitting coach was in a relaxed, 65-degree comfort zone, a little 60-foot box, and there wasn't a kid that was trying to embarrass him on the mound, Mm -hmm. and there wasn't college coaches around, and his teammates weren't screaming, so his adrenaline wasn't pumping. But So you actually think that he's hearing what you're saying right now. If he's hearing what you're saying right now, There's guess a what? He's, a, he's got a huge problem, and he's more than likely going to not have success on that particular bat. Because, yep. And I've asked my kids a lot, how many, do you guys hear what your parents, do you, do you guys hear what's, what people are saying in the back? And about half the kids on my team, is like, do you hear what people are saying in the stands back there when they're shouting things at you? And, and half the kids go, yeah, I can hear. Who do you hear? Do you hear who do you hear? Well, I hear my dad. So you don't hear anybody else except your dad. Mm. Nope. Well, I hear. Yeah, I hear him. But like, okay, does it? Do you feel like it helps you when you hear him? Does it give you a soothing 
feeling or something that I should know about or anybody here knows about? No, it doesn't help me. So let me ask something. Why wouldn't you politely say, hey, Pop, some, it's a little bit distracting when you're yelling while I'm hitting. When I, after I get the hit, can, you can yell then. But, but what, you <laughs> right, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, this is logical, logical stuff we're talking about here. It's not I'm really- glad you said that. And, and, and as we close out, I think, I think we should just leave that with the parents. Sure. Because that's definitely, that's something so important. And it's something that my dad did so well. And I think the reason why he did it was because he knew it wasn't going to last very long on earth. And he just wanted to enjoy my, my playing experience. He just wanted to enjoy it. It wasn't about who thought this or that guy thought this. He just wanted to see his kid having fun on what he loved to do. Yep. And that's that. You got it, buddy. Well, thanks that's for it. having me on, Chris. Thanks I for coming, it. brother. It was a great, great, uh, great experience. Absolutely. I appreciate you, Spanish Reyes. Appreciate you, Ferbs. <laughs> uh, big thanks to, as always, Making Memories for all the behind-the-scenes, uh, uh, what would you call it, production and help and... You know, if thanks you, making if, memories. Stay if you guys, if you guys saw my best friend Chris Guzzo, he is a woman's dream, and his wife Nicole is lucky and to have him. And a man's nightmare. And a man's nightmare, and his wife is lucky to have him, and we're grateful for him, and we love him. They call Guzzo the ninth wonder of the world. <laughs> All right, guys, we appreciate you guys listening, and we will uh, see you on the next ESA report. God bless.